0: on the seventh day he rested from all the work of creating that he had done i don't think god was like wiped out and rested because he was tired i think that seventh day meant that is the day that god enjoyed yes the other six days and what had happened
1: he enjoyed creation the mind the mind of god was saying was marveling over his creation you can build the heart of a lion with a strong mind and spirit because a lion's natural state is one of safety through courage,
0: strength, and power. Hi, I'm the shepherd and pastor, Dr. Matt Hook. And I'm the shrink, Dr. Marty Fletcher. This is the show where theology meets psychology or mental health meets spirituality.
1: Welcome to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. Before we start the show, I have something to share with you. If you or someone close to you is suffering from a sense of anxiety or loneliness, the truth is anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness, affecting 40 million adults in the United States every year alone. And according to a recent study, more than 60% of Americans report feeling lonely, left out, poorly understood, and lacking companionship. This matters a lot. Because loneliness is stressful enough to raise all-cause mortality by up to 30%. So, I've written a free guide with 10 ways you can start to overcome anxiety and defeat your loneliness. Don't wait on positive emotions. Learn how to create them for yourself starting right now. You can grab the guide by heading over to drmartinfletcher.com. That's Dr. spelled
0: dr Hey, Marty. How are you? Doing all right. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing good, except I heard you say to me yesterday you were fighting being exhausted or tired or a little overwhelmed or something like that.
1: Oh, it really caught up to me today. Wow. So, yeah. You know, we have a physiology and if you push it too hard, it's going to complain. And so that's kind of what's been happening.
0: Yeah, it can come out in all kinds of ways. And that's what kind of what I wanted to talk about, believe it or not. In terms of theology or scripture, there is a ton from the first chapter of the Bible in Genesis all the way to the last book of the Bible where it talks about rest and it talks about Sabbath and rest doesn't just mean sleep, but I heard an amazing quote and it was by the Netflix CEO, Reed Hastings. It's a couple of years old now and it's pretty famous, but he is the CEO of Netflix, and he was talking in an interview that his biggest rival is not Amazon or YouTube or even traditional broadcasters. According to Mr. Hastings, our need for sleep is actually Netflix's main barrier. Here's what the quote says. You know, think about it. When you watch a show from Netflix and you get addicted to it, you stay up late at night, he said. We're competing with sleep on the margin. And so that's a very large pool of time.
1: Sleep is his enemy, huh?
0: Sleep is his biggest rival as the CEO of Netflix.
1: And I really work a lot with patient sleep hygiene. Because if I could fix one thing first, it would be that.
0: Really? How come? Why sleep first with all the trouble going on?
1: Okay, so people don't understand the functions of sleep. But that is where our restoration comes from. That's where sleep disturbances raise cancer risk by... 30% raises Alzheimer's risk. The mood is the first thing to go if your sleep gets messed up. And it's not just the duration of sleep, which is what people think that they know, but it's also the timing and intensity. So it's a circadian rhythm. And if we get off of our rhythm, because that's the order, guess what happens in disorder? You start to feel, you start to suffer.
0: That's crazy. Does that mean that there's a certain number of hours that we are required?
1: Yeah, there's a range. So you want five sleep cycles, 90-minute cycles. So most people, minimum seven, seven and a half hours. When I get that sweet spot of nine hours, man, I'm feeling so good the next day. Didn't you say, you quoted someone, said something like, the the difference between hope and despair can be a good night's sleep? Is that it?
0: Oftentimes, the difference between despair and hope is a good night's sleep.
1: Right. And we also know that when we're sick, our sleep suffers. Right. So with anxiety, when people ruminate, that means just like chew over worries and concerns that ramps up our autonomic nervous system. So it says don't sleep. There's danger around. Right. That's what we're doing when we worry. Right. Right. And then also with major depressive disorder, usually it's hypersomnia where you're just exhausted and you don't want to get out of bed. But sometimes it's, you know, uh, medial, you know, where you wake up in the middle of the night. But yeah, sleep is really, really important as a part of restoration. Hmm.
0: You know, it's amazing because the Bible talks about sleep and it also talks about rest in another form. And, you know, you see in the world today, you look at the lack of darkness in the world, which we read a lot more in the news till COVID hit. You read about lack of sleep, lack of tolerance, lack of patience, lack of ability to listen, lack of friendliness. And you know what? I think people are are struggling just with a lack of friends, let alone lack of friendliness. And, you know... One of the things about me is I do preach 75% of the time at the church where I'm working at Dexter Methodist. And I don't preach a lot of do's and don'ts because I'm assuming most everybody is doing the best that they can. I'm doing the best I can for the most part, but there's still something missing. And like you're pointing out, what happens to us when we don't sleep? And I want to talk about one other invisible blessing that I think God has given that almost all of us ignore. And that's not just sleep at night, but it's impacting sleep at night. And that's the idea of Sabbath. Sabbath is one block of time per week that we rest that we delight in, that we relax in, that we worship in, that we fellowship with, that we celebrate. And the idea of unplugging for a day yeah, is so foreign. I feel ridiculous talking about it. But in Genesis chapter two, it says this, thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. I love that. The heavens and earth were completed in all their vast array By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, which simply means he made it set apart for God. If something's holy, like a holy place, it's set apart. It's protected for God. Because on the seventh day, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. I don't think God was like wiped out and rested because he was tired. I think that seventh day meant that is the day that God enjoyed. Yes. the other six days, and what had happened.
1: He enjoyed creation the mind The mind of God was saying was marveling over his creation.
0: Yeah. 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 And that's the idea of this kind of rest, which impacts both our nightly sleep cycles, as well as our weekly rhythms. Right. So it's
1: not just we need to look at it uh, deeper levels than just like, hey, don't move. Right. right? That's not the, the purpose of it. I want to get say a few things about rest. Okay. Mm-hmm because I told you what patients who come in and they're suffering all of them are suffering right right I ask them what they want they usually don't know because if they knew they would maybe be doing it right but they just know that they're suffering so then I'll ask them what do you want to feel more of and what do they say
0: they probably say happiness they probably say
1: they, do, they say happiness sometimes I say that's a dumb idea don't don't go for yes. happiness <laughs> you'll it'll only disappoint you
0: right right but isn't that what everybody said I just want my kids to be happy my dad never said that by the way
1: what did he say
0: he said I want you to be good
1: that's what I say I, I say I want to raise good people I don't not, not
0: hedonists yeah yeah and we're not supposed to be raising kids we're supposed to be raising adults.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. So, what what they usually say is something that has to do with rest. They want rest. They want sleep. So, one of the promises that came from the Bible that really struck me early on when I started reading it with fresh eyes, it was Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, mm-hmm. right? Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. And at that point, man, I was laboring, struggling, and I was heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Man, that is. What do you think about that? Those words from Christ that i probably no one had ever said anything like that before.
0: It's amazing when you think about that. It was in the first century in the Middle East and everything going on and everything everybody thought they understood or didn't understand. And the same need is there. That's what tells me there's something sacred about those words.
1: And what are we looking for in rest? So he he says, take my yoke upon you. Okay, so if we're yoked to Christ, we're walking in step with him, right? Yeah,
0: not a front, not behind, not too fast, not too slow. We are walking with Christ side by side, like the old wooden yoke they put on the oxen.
1: Yeah. Right. So, so, uh, and also he mentions gentleness and and lowly in heart is humility. What a relief that is. When we're in a restful state, you know what I mean? We should be feeling some of these things. There's a gentleness and that's, and the world is terrible sometimes. Yeah. What people are wanting, I think, is like, please let me just feel safe, like I belong here and I'm not under all of these threats. Mm -hmm. And the real nice part was it's like my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm like, So this will make it easier to live. People think Christianity, I think a lot of times, is an ethical system. It's not. The ethics follow. Right, it sort of naturally follow because once that you are, receive a, the Holy Spirit, and your worldview is, is changed so much, the threats go away and the confidence go up, or at least they're diminished greatly. Okay, that's the state of being when our immune systems are functioning the best, our sleep improves, we're not craving crummy food, our relationships are better, all all of those things. It actually makes life easier to go with Christ to deal with Christ, not harder.
0: Right. And that's exactly what the verse says, but that's exactly this lie that we believe. Oh, if I do this, if I get serious about my faith, if I get serious about living it out, I'm going to end up in some third world country. I'm going to end up having to take care of everybody. I'm going to have to try to, you know, house every single homeless person in my city. I'm going to have to do all this stuff. And it's it's this lie that we've bought into that, that his yoke somehow, once you walk with him is going to be horrible. And it's just the opposite is what so many of us have found.
1: It is. I think I've been thinking, what's Christianity? What's it for? Because I knew it was different than what I was taught when I actually received it. I think it's a way to access reality, right? As close as we can. We'll never know it fully. No one's ever seen God. But there are patterns that make life gentle, right? Mm-hmm. And it gives us rest and peace. And we know our bodies respond to that and other people respond to it too. You like a, like a, a laid back person more than you like someone who's super intense with the pressured speech and things like that. But what do, you, what do you think about that definition of Christianity? I mean, there are many, but is that getting closer than, I know it's not an ethical system. I knew that right away because I just naturally want it to be better. hmm Right. So, so it wasn't like, okay, these aren't a bunch of rules to follow or what you call like sin management or something. Didn't you? Yeah. So that, right. So it's not that at all. You, you just don't really feel, you don't have the heart to sin anymore. So I knew it wasn't that. But what I felt like was, oh, now I had it upside down. I had it completely upside down. This isn't the way the world is. And, and if I'm going to operate according in a way that brings me some rest and some peace, I better know the best I can the mind of God. So to me, it's a way to access reality. This is the truth truth will set you free and the truth is stop judging people the truth is stop being prideful you know you're not as good as you think you are stop caring what the world thinks of you right don't please men please god and then what's god's nature
0: right yeah. that's so it, and it's a relationship and that's why it's not a whole bunch of do's and don'ts like an ethical system because you are relating to the god of the universe yeah. in a yeah. new way and thus relating to the universe in a new way
1: I did notice that even my speech changed. How so? I didn't like sarcasm, right? That was too ugly. So I wasn't doing that as much. And also it slowed down. I, I started to listen more. Yeah. Uh, li- listening is being with an intent on understanding, right?
0: There's so much more to live for. So yeah. much more to understand. So much less that you have to prove of yourself all the time. It's, it's really a rhythm thing, isn't it?
1: It, there's a bunch of rhythms in, in this. See, the problem I'm having right now is my rhythm got disrupted mm-hmm. by lots of things. Everybody's has to some degree. But then another thing came and then another thing. And before I know it, now I'm lost. I'm like the, those sheep we talk about who just, I nibbled the grass too far away. Now I feel kind of lost sometimes and I want to come back.
0: Mm-hmm. There really is. You mentioned the idea of rhythm and time. And I think that's one thing that I would say is a big problem. We think we can do it just fine. We think I can do whatever I need to. Thank you very much. Outside of God, on our own. We think we can just sort of fit God in the way that we do dance lessons or dentist dentist appointments. Mm -hmm. And somehow when we get out of this rhythm, we forget we're dealing with the God of the universe who is sovereign over time. The idea that God made time, God made our jobs, God made, God willed us into existence, let alone our opportunities, our advancement, our freedoms, it all comes from God. And that means time does not exist independently from God. But we live our lives that way. We live our lives completely separate and we treat our schedules that way. God is more of an impediment. If I'm supposed to spend some kind of time with God, I don't have time for that. And here's something really interesting that occurred to me just a couple of years ago. Natural scientists can explain the origins of the seasons, like duh, the months based on the cycles of the moon, days based on the sun going up and down, but they have no good explanation for the origin of the week.
1: The week, oh, the weekday? or days of the week, you mean? Yeah. Oh, the, the number seven, that rhythm yeah. of seven. Yes.
0: There is no origin scientifically on it. They have no good explanation for the origin of the week unless you count the Bible as words that God ordained it, that time is a part of creation. We can't mess with it. We can extend our working day with electric lights, but we cannot extend the day itself. And I think until we can understand that God's not coming to take time away from us, he's coming to give us time.
1: Yeah. And, and, and some, in intense worship, don't you find that time goes away? time, there's no, some sessions that I'll have, I'll look at the clock and I'll be like, it's been 40 minutes. It feels like it's been four. Wow. It's really like that. There's a timelessness about that. But how does rest and peace, what does that do to time?
0: Well, I think it it enables us to get maximum fulfillment out of the rest of the time. When I rest, when I am at peace, when I'm with God, you know, it's, it's the idea. We see Sabbath, for anybody that's tried to take it seriously, mm-hmm. we see Sabbath one day a week. And it doesn't have to be on a Sunday or the Saturday, whatever. We see the Sabbath as a day that God has taken from us instead of a day that God has given to us for rest. Does that make sense?
1: It makes a lot of sense.
0: For worship, for celebration, for family, for friends. Sabbath doesn't mean you sit in a room and pick your nose all day uh-huh. and, and try to think up thoughts about God. No, a lot of modern authors talk about Sabbath delight. To do things that you love, yes, that you were created to do, that you're wired to do, that is Sabbath. And it's a time that's set apart. That's what holy means. And, you know, we think there's too much to do, too much we want to do to give up one day in seven, let, you know, or some form of that. We think that God doesn't understand the 24-7 world that we live in, but it's not like it was easier back then. No. Of what they had to do. And yet God still said, trust me with yes. this one.
1: Right, right. So you said, give up. I got to give up a day. To me, we're reclaiming a day. Yeah, and because now we're really living. Now, look, time urgency is one of the greatest stressors that we have. You know what I mean by that? Like, oh my gosh, I'm late. Where are my keys? And oh, I've got too much to do, right? That will interfere with our relationship with God if it it runs too long. I do know that because solitude as a spiritual discipline, if I miss the solitude, because that's what's doing that to me right now, reflection, awareness of being, Mm. right? Just that I'm a being and you can do the contemplative things and you meditate during that time. If I miss that and I need it every day, If I miss that too long, you know that's the kind of rest that I think that Sabbath is.
0: Oh, yeah. And if we think we can go for extended periods of time on five hours of sleep a night or four hours of sleep a night or whatever, we are only fooling ourselves and it's just going to leak out all over the people we care about. It's going to leak out in our work. It's going to leak out in so many ways, let alone our spiritual life, our mental state. It's to the problems that you were talking about at the beginning.
1: Have you ever heard the Psalm 127? It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep.
0: Wow. Read that one more time.
1: Psalm 127. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. I noticed that Christ, like, how does God want us to be? How did he create us to be? Well, when we think about things like harmony, you know, you know, contrast that with something that's like discordant. Harmony gives us rest. Like, we don't, we like resolution in music too, right? Oh, now we can, now we're back into the familiar ground. Mm-hmm. Christ talked a lot about anxiety as a obstacle to union with God and, and communion with God. Yeah. Right. This is our, our our rightful space that we're supposed to occupy spiritually, right? So if I see a preacher, like I'm I i, I want, I'm not going to mention his name, but this guy's talking about something like peace, like some, I think it was like, like peace he was talking about. And this guy's just coming at me,
0: mm.
1: other, you know, <laughs> preacher. And I'm like, why aren't you just showing me peace right now? Like you give me two different messages, like you're all ramped up and coming at me aggressively and things like that. And you're talking about peace, something wasn't fitting in. mm
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say this, and maybe this is a takeaway for people, is keeping daily rest, keeping weekly Sabbath will give you more to give in every area of your life. I know it does. It's going to spill out in good ways in every area of your life. And maybe that's a challenge for you and for me to think about. One of the things I remember somebody saying, one of the best things that you can teach your kids is how to put themselves to bed. Right. Not just when they're little. Right, But when they've got a cell phone that's demanding everything of them and demanding their intention and demanding one more click or one more swipe or whatever, for them to be able to say no to that right, would be incredible. I'm not going to do that. I'm putting it down, let alone moving it to another room or whatever it is. I think that that would be a huge challenge this week or this month for you, for me, for anybody that's with us is to learn to say no to yourself, to learn to put yourself to bed. Even before you're 100% tired, have something to read, have something to go to sleep by, not on a screen. And then maybe the second thing to try would be to claim a 24-hour chunk, more or less, you don't have to be anal about it, but a 24-hour period each week that's easiest for you when you say, I'm not going to do that. It'll have to wait. Just try it for a month.
1: Right. And and, and if it helps you, this is a command. This is a commandment. Like that was put in there. So there would be no mistaking. You will do this. Yeah. If you want to please me, you will rest. You will take the Sabbath.
0: Exodus 20, chapter eight. And this may be a good way to wrap up. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Keep it set apart. Don't let it get all messed up with everything else going on. Keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor. And do all your work. Now, the fact is, some of us don't do our labor and our work. We blow off. We think we can slow around.
1: Or some of us do too much of that, like you and me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, right. Six days, you'll still labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. It's like a gift to God that God gives right back to you in spades, in all kinds of ways. And here's my challenge. Jesus said this himself, even though it looked like he was breaking the Sabbath, he was trying to free the Sabbath from the Pharisees who were trying to make it some kind of huge religious rule. And he said this when he was doing that, the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Yes, yes. You know, So to rest, to worship, to celebrate, I'd cut technology yes. and let the Son of Man be Lord of the Sabbath. And if you're honest, your real issue with the Sabbath like mine is like the Pharisees, is not over the activities that you do. Your real issue today is not with Sabbath. It's over the authority of Christ in your life. Your real issue today Mm. is not over Sabbath and how Mm. busy you are. It's, is Jesus Lord of your life? Does he have authority over you? So, is he Lord or is he not?
1: If he does have authority over you, you have to obey right? And his rules are not burdensome. So, when we say this, like I said, I don't think of Christianity as an ethical system. I think that takes care of itself, right? I just don't want to do the things that I used to do. So, that's not the the, the point. That's not where my focus is. But I, I do know that, say again, why God rested it, from Genesis. So God, So, God rested in order to
0: delight in his creation and enjoy it.
1: Right. So, one thing I was thinking about when people take vacations and things like that, okay, you know, what do you like about that? Okay. Or, or, or when was the happiest point in your life? And then they'll give me something. And here's what I get out of this themes that we pull out. The things that they enjoy, are the things God created, not man created. So the vacation, people, I get to just be with my family. So you just get the delight in your family, right? Or, we're at the beach. Well, you know, we didn't create beaches. That was God created, right? Or you get to go outdoors and things like that. So, I would say for the Sabbath, what I try to do and would encourage people to do is delight in His creation. Do what He did. You know what I mean? Go outside, get away from the technology and man-made things like that and, and, and just be in His creation so you can know it and enjoy it like, like He did, right? That's, that's the model. What oh, do you do yeah. on Sabbath? Give me your Sabbath. Give me a good
0: a good one. When I have a good chunk of Sabbath, I like to paint. I've gotten into painting, not walls in my house, but painting. It's a creative process, which is something God has given us to enjoy. Our ability to create, to do music, to play music, to have a jam session. Those are things that fill me up. And it's the creative process like you're talking about.
1: Well, it's creative and it's also beauty. And it also, I'm going to guess that what you're painting has something to do with God's creation yeah right and and music that was I don't even know what music is. I just know that even babies respond to it. you know the rhythm and music and it was an important part in our faith and our traditions right so that's one thing that I'm missing a lot right now mm-hmm. like we I like for rest, I like a stress recovery model, right because we know that if we don't get enough stress in our life that that is actually stressful. So, think about boredom and, you know, just lack oh, yeah. of movement or unemployment or something like that really
0: bad. It feels us. good when you have a few aches at the end of the day because you did something active. Right. And it feels so good to lay down at the end of the day.
1: Exactly. And then when we recover, that's when we get stronger. So, sad for me is recovery. But I'm recovering my spiritual place. God's place in God. thats what I'm going to recover. So I'm doing something very active by resting. I don't see it as a passive thing. It's certainly not a waste of time. I'm doing something that's vital to just about everything I can think of in
0: life. I think maybe a word that's even better than recovery is restoration.
1: Restoration, very good.
0: Yeah, that we become restored, that we become refilled, that that yeah. we become full to overflowing. You know, maybe a, a good way to wrap this up mm-hmm. is uh, to say you. Keep the ability to let yourself rest. You keep the Sabbath and the rest is up to God. (laughs) I see how you did that. You keep the Sabbath. The rest is up to him. I like it very much. Hey, let's pray. God, thank you so much that we can take time out even to listen to a podcast. God, thank you so much that you have created us with a rhythm. Lord, thank you so much that when we mess it up, you are infinitely patient with us. Thank you so much that that when we pour ourselves out, you are ready to refill us. Lord, thank you so much that when we are seeking desperately whatever it is we think we need, we know that what we need is more of you, which comes through rest, which comes through Sabbath. God, help us to trust you with a day a week. Help us to trust you, God, with our nighttime, with the darkness of the day, whatever that might be. Help us to trust you, God, that we will wake up with new insight. And Lord, that even on times when we can't sleep, Lord, may we at least rest in you. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Shepherd and the
1: Shrink podcast. You can check out the show notes from this episode, get free resources, discover more about our work, and all the ways to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the show. Head over to DrMartinFletcher.com.